Step into the Educator's Lounge, where there are intentional, authentic conversations on topics and situations that touch the lives of educators. I am Dr. Cynthia, your partner educator. Come on into the lounge, pull up a chair, and let's talk. Welcome back to the Educator's Lounge. Well, in today's episode, we are going to have a discussion about student athletes and the support they need, along with the support that their parents need. As an educator, we have taught a student athlete at some point in time in our classrooms. And I'm gonna tell you, this is my definition of a student athlete. I say that a student athlete is a student pursuing an academic degree who also plays a sport. But I'm gonna tell you, we have a guest today and she's gonna clarify for us today what what she knows as a student athlete. And she's gonna provide us some tips not only for educators, because we need them too, because we have to support them in the classroom, but also tips for the parents. Man, as educators, we know, we know that a lot of these students, they, they, have, they have needs and they need to be supported. It's almost like they're running a dual career. They're a student and they're playing a sport. So we have with us today, I want you guys to welcome Today, we have Karen Boltrip Cobb. She is passionate about assisting moms of student athletes and changing the trajectory of the mindset of the general public and their viewpoint of student athletes. Everybody has different thoughts about student athletes, good, bad, or indifferent. But Miss Karen is here today. She is going to help us be able to support our student athletes from an educator's perspective, as well as from a parent perspective. Welcome to the Educators Lounge. Karen, how are you? I am wonderful, Dr. Cynthia, and I am so humbled to be in the Educator Lounge today to just share with you some tips and tools about a subject that's very near and dear to my heart. Yes, I am excited as well. And I know our educators are excited. And I hope our parents, not I hope, I know our parents are tuning in. So first, let's start with Karen Boltrick-Cobbs. Who are you? Well, I am a native Texas um, for several decades. I won't date myself. I am a proud mother of three adult children, one of which is a successful professional athlete. And no, it's not a male, it's a female. Because every time I may share that little tidbit, someone's, well, how, what sport did he play? No, it's a she, and she's a professional soccer player and has played internationally and now is in position to pre-qualify for the 2023 World Cup in Australia. Okay, so Karen, you have experience with this. You didn't just just read a book. Absolutely. 20 plus years 
experience with this. Wonderful. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But first, you heard my definition of a student athlete. What is your definition of a student athlete? I concur with everything you say, Dr. Cynthia, but I need to add a little bit more. Okay. From my own personal experience, a student athlete is a competitor. A competitor in the classroom as well on prospective sports they may be participating in. A student athlete is a brilliant, analytical individual. As in a classroom, you have to use critical thinking and analyze situations, perhaps a mathematical problem or some type of scientific theory and take that theoretical situation and make it into an actual or to prove an hypothesis. When you're in that competitive arena, you have to look at your opponent and kind of preconceive what his or her decisions will be and then execute a counterattack so that you can yield the success that you want in that competition. I think there is a misnomer in many situations regarding student athletes, that they're just bronze and no brains. But I'm here to tell you, majority of them are brilliant individuals, if not all of them. I was, I, let me retract that. All of them are brilliant individuals because they have to be strategically thinking from the time they get in engagement of their sport to the last whistle blows. And their brain and their intellect is You've been used in milliseconds to make quick decisions, to make strategic moves, to execute the right ball throw or receive of a pass or to throw the correct pitch in the correct direction to receive the success and the results that they're desiring to have. So, Karen, it sounds like what you're saying is that student athletes, their brains are working all the time. Yes. So as let's look at an educator's perspective first, and then I want us to touch on parents because moms are your passion. Yes. Okay. Um, We don't want to negate too much on the dads, but we know because you're a mom and you raise a sport athlete, you have that desire to support other moms as well that have student athletes. You have that correct, Dr. And some, some moms have multiple student athletes. <laughs> I know that as, as, as an educator myself, I've seen uh, parents that have two and three students uh, in, in more than one sport. So let's tap into just you know a little bit on the educator. Now, we have this student in our classes. Their brains are flowing. They got a game today. They got a game tomorrow, but I need to write that English paper. What are a couple of tips can you give to an educator to help that student athlete? And I know this could be a question. This this question is probably, uh, you could probably have a laundry list of ideas for an educator. So just give us a couple today. Yes, Um, three tips that are just not from the desires of my heart. It's something that was actually used as I raise my professional student athlete. Okay. Organizational skills are key. 
And a simple thing as each subject had a distinct color. If there was a textbook that was issued, if there was a binder that needed to, to accomplish that textbook, if there was a, um, a notebook that needed to be accomplished, it was color-coded. So, for instance, math is red. Math's folder would be red. Math book cover would be red. Math theme book would be red. And then signs would be green. We'll go the same type of color. color. So you don't have to think about it. It's visual. So you know when math is done, you picked up everything that's red. We know what science, everything that's green. When you know it's language art, everything was blue. So that was just a way to be laser focused. And I think, where's my this book? Or where's my that book? You know that particular color was for that particular subject. And it helped my student athlete to be laser focused and organized and not have to fumble through her backpack or her locker to, to understand what book she needed to get at that time for that particular course. Oh, wonderful. That, well, do you, do you think that did that work in the classroom as well? Absolutely. Okay. absolutely. We made a conscious effort to have everything color coordinated. And if you think about it in kindergarten, most kindergarten teachers have all their little stations and their each station may have a certain type of color coding or certain type of um, indicator that you know that you're in that station. Yes. So it's not only a visual type, uh, it's a visual type of interaction, but it also allows that particular student to be able to prepare themselves mentally to go into that center because visually they know what that center is going to expose them to and what learning experience they're going to have in that particular center. Gotcha. Is that something that the student athlete should uh, let their teachers know that this is, this is how I study. This is how I uh, remember uh that this is your class, that this is how I do it. I use a color code system. Is that recommend? Do you recommend that, that the teacher's aware of that? I would risk it. I mean, I would recommend it if that particular student, that's how they thrive and that's okay. how they're stuck in the classroom. But I want to risk to say that a lot of educators have those type of structures. I have an eight-year-old granddaughter for a matter back and she's in math, third grade, and her educator has... Uh, has um, assigned martial art degrees of progress to the math progress. So you start as a white belt, and when you master that particular level of math, you go to the next level of math competition. Next level math competition, you go to the next belt. So it may be a brown belt, and from brown belt you go to blue belt, and from blue belt to yellow belt, and eventually by the end of the school year you would have mastered your math in such a way that now you're a black belt in math. So whatever type of hierarchical structure that is tangible, that whatever age group that is applicable, to it, it applies to, that I would strongly support the idea that education would incorporate it in a classroom. Okay. Get wonderful. Also, gotcha. Not against their classmates, but against that subject matter that they are expect, expecting to achieve and progress in. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. 
So let's jump to our parents. Uh, we know that our student athletes, they, they need support, support from all sides, their coach, their educator, their parents, their family, their friends. But who's spending the most time with them? Their parents. So what are some, what is a tip or two that you would recommend for a parent to be able to truly support their athlete? It, I would say the first tip, one of the most crucial tips is nutritional wealth. I didn't say nutritional health. I said nutritional wealth. And why I call it wealth is, you know, we hear the old adage, you are what you eat. And that is just not figurative. That is reality. It's no different than if you had, let me give you an analogy here. If you had a high-end sports car or just a sedan, for, for instance, I'll just make it simple, like mm, a Mercedes. And when you pull up into the gas tank, you have three choices of gas you can put in. You can put the lower grade, the middle grade, or premium grade. If that Mercedes to perform in the, in the, and deliver and drive, and maneuver the way it has been designed, you can't put the low grade or the medium grade gas. You have to put the premium gas in that vehicle. Yes. If not, it functions the way it's designed. No difference from a student athlete. You yes. can't take the drive-throughs, the McDonald's, the Wendy's, the Burger Kings of the world. They need to have balanced meals. And not saying that those entities don't have it, but you have to make the food choices that's going to build the engine within them, which are their muscles, their tendons, their brain. So therefore, there are certain nutritional balances that they need as student athletes before the game, before the competition. If they have a break and have the ability to have a snack in between that and definitely for recovery afterwards in order to keep their engine, their body ready for the next competition. Nutrition okay. is extremely important. Okay. Do, do you recommend uh, like a structured menu? You know, some moms and I, you know, I uh, having to be a single mom raising three kids. Sometimes you don't have the, Ability to run to the grocery store because you're running to practice or you're running to game competitions to get that, to create a structured menu and get those items. So you can do simple things. If you know the basic food groups, it could be fresh things. It could be almonds. It could be peanut butter on celery sticks, things that you can pick up quickly, package in a Ziploc bag, put it in a little cooler in your car and keep it moving and get through your day. Um, now, if you do have the bandwidth, again, you just want to make sure you have the proper ingredients and the proper um, distribution of different food groups to fuel the fueling. You don't wanna be all on starches. You need to have some veggies in there. You don't wanna be all on protein because that can cause 
other issues going on in your biological system. So you need to have a balance of, of the different food groups, especially those foods that help stimulate the brain, give you that stamina endurance that you need for competition. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and you recommend when you were talking about this nutritional wealth, when they're in school, they need to make sure they're eating lunch while they're in school? Absolutely. Do you recommend but, snacking as well? Absolutely. Okay. I, I would recommend healthy snacks, not going to the <laughs> bag of chips. I can't go get my, they can't go get their Doritos. <laughs> no, no, they can't get their Doritos. Now they got a competition after school or practice. That is not good. Uh, okay. It needs to be apples. It needs to be maybe dry fruit. It could be, again, uh, peanut butter and crackers. It can be uh, simple as simple as one of the cheese sticks that you get, uh, string cheese. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant, just nutritionally uh, full, nutritional food for your body is what I would highly recommend. And yes, if they need breakfast, a snack, you know, they can do it between changes of classes, like after breakfast, before lunch, a balanced lunch, another snack, definitely before, comp- before you know, they're, they're normally most athletes have their training or practices toward the end of the day, some in the morning, but definitely have balanced meals before they're ready to, to be in that competitive type of mindset and mold. Um, one of the things we would do as a mother, you were thinking, really going to run through the run to the border, but there's a um, restaurant here called Taco Bell. Now, my I wouldn't go and get, you know, all these greasy tacos, but I would get a bean burrito. You've got the carbs and the grain from the tortilla, and you have the protein as well as dairy from the cheese. And that was just enough to curb whatever hunger that my student athlete may have had before she got to practice, but it wasn't heavy. It gave her protein. It gave her the nutritional wealth to get through an hour and a half of practice. And then we would come home and have a balanced dinner to replenish what she had expelled a loss through the practice that she had made complete or competition. Wow. Absolutely. Oh, wow. That, that is fabulous, Karen. Um, and I know there's so many other um, points and tips that you can give to parents, give to parents, give to moms. Um, but what, let me ask you this. Why are you so passionate about wanting to show moms, teach moms, educate moms, walk moms through supporting their student athlete? I'm so passionate about it because it has been an experience that I will relive over and over again. And one story that I share, I've shared with many people and many times is that kids come into this world, we come into this world, but children come into this world with gifts and talents. And they may, they will get an opportunity to demonstrate those. 
And we as parents are here to nurture them, especially moms. Come on, we care of them in utero. Mm -hmm. And so we really have that physical, biological, emotional connection. Nothing against dad, but that's just the way we, our bodies are designed. And that's how we were placed on this earth to do, to be, to be, to be the one to house that new being that comes through. And sometimes we as mom get so overwhelmed with life that we don't really nurture that gift. But if we sit back and pause and nurture it, it's such a priceless experience. I was in Dallas, Texas at a soccer tournament with my daughter. She was between the ages of nine and 10 years old. And I looked around and thought, wow, there's a lot of money going out this weekend for this nine-year-old child. And mind you, I had two other children at home. And I was like, wow, this is a lot. And as I was thinking about all that I was spending, I had a pause. I had a moment. It was as if I was having an out-of-body experience and just having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a higher power, the universe, whoever you may relate to. And in that moment, it was brought to my mind, Venus Williams and Serena Williams. Mm -hmm. These two little young, humble young ladies from Compton, California. And if their parents did not believe or support their dreams, we would not know them on this world-renowned platform. And I walked into the room with my nine or 10 year old and said, if mom has to pick up cans, you will play soccer. Because it was not my mission to squash that dream, that gift that she had. It was my responsibility and my position to nurture it and support it in any means possible. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And supporting moms is that how, how would you, or how do you support moms so that they can nurture that same concept of helping their student athlete? I have, um, again, I shared a couple of tools and tips. I have seven gems to greatness mm -hmm. that I have applied and I, I have seen the results in my personal life. I share with them tips on how to navigate the collegiate recruiting process. There's always, if finances is a challenge, there always are benefactors. that sometimes all you need to do is ask that, will have the desire and the passion and the financial means to support you wow. um, in order to assist your child in achieving their God-given talents and the dreams they have in whatever sporting arena or support, sporting um, competition that they're in. It could be one. It could be multiple. Okay, wonderful. I mean, I, I think this is something... Um, a lot of parents need support in it. I know as an educator, I, I see sometimes how, you know, parents would just talk about the financial support that they need for their, their student athlete, um, the mental support they need for their student athlete. 
academic support for that student athlete. And sometimes you do have that single mom. Sometimes you have both parents and both of them are like, ah, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. So it definitely, it sounds like, and I, I know, you know, these, you've lived this, you're sharing this with other moms to help them get through it. Because I, I think at, at, at the beginning of this uh, uh, discussion, you said how, how many, how many years were you, or you still are, but have been the mom of a student athlete. How many years was that? 20 years. 20 years. 20 and, she's, years. and she's still playing. And she's still playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to be able to guide other moms along that journey, they're starting with that nine-year-old mm-hmm. and want to keep them going, keep that excitement. Now, is, isn't part of this also keeping the student athlete passionate about their sport and excited about their sport? The student athlete comes to the to the table excited about their sport. That is not something that you can give. They, the heart is already there. We as moms just nurture that. We put ah, them in. Okay. We provide them opportunities. We drive them to the practices or humble ourselves to ask someone to help us get them to practices. Sometimes we let our pride get in our way as moms mm. to open up our mouths. Get in a carpool situation or if you have not have the ability because professional obligations, be able to take off and be there, be there um, transportation, but maybe make it to the competition for your child. Ask someone else to transport them. Talk to the coach to see there are always individuals, organizations that are willing to help. Because just as I have a heart and a passion to serve moms and student athletes, there are others out there too. And we just need to tap in. We need to connect and let them know that they have a village. They have a village. The village may may not look exactly like them, and they need to be okay with that. The village was is there to nurture, to allow and provide the opportunity for this student athlete to be the best that they can be and desire to be in whatever sporting competition they want to compete in. Well, I'm excited for this opportunity, uh, Karen, for uh, mothers of student athletes, because you you said a really powerful word, which is connect. And I know, Karen, we could be here all day talking about this because there's so much that can be done, will be done, and should be done to support our student athletes so they can become who who or whatever it is they want to be. So Karen, how can someone, a mom, a parent, reach out to you and have this conversation and make that connection and, and, and be a part of the part of the community? Absolutely. I can be reached at info at seven gyms to greatness. All one word. Info at seven gems to greatness.com. All right. Thank you so much, Karen. I totally enjoyed this conversation with you. And I know that our parents and our educators have gotten some nuggets today. So I'm glad to have you here. 
And I am looking forward to hearing more about some of your seven gems. Well, thank you again, Dr. Cynthia. I really, really enjoyed our dialogue today. And uh, I look forward to maybe future dialogue with you. So again, thank you for inviting me into your lounge. And uh, look forward to speaking to you again in the future. All right. Thank you for joining us here in the Educators Lounge. Thank you. Until the next podcast, and we meet in the Educators Lounge. Continue to rethink, refocus, and reinvent.